This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> Yorokoto, Happy New Year, and welcome in to episode 98 of Half Measures Podcast, our first of 2022. And joining me as always, it's DW himself, Dan Whiting. Kia ora, Dan. Happy New Year, Paul. 2022. This is this is our year. This is the, a big year for Half Measures. It's a massive year. I mean, we've had so much great content in 2021, but I was just looking ahead at the shows for 2022 and already thinking it's going to be great. We're about to turn 100. That, that's another big milestone. Oh, yeah. But big little treat coming for the audience. Indeed, yeah. Um, and not only is this our first podcast of the year, Dan, but without doubt, it's one of my favourites. It's that top 10 TV shows of the year podcast. This is our third time doing this. And this year, I see no expense has been spared. I'm looking over at the, you know, no longer are we going to be sending out laminated certificates to our winners. This year, we've gone with a full, what looks like, Crafted in gold, half measures award stand. It's it's extraordinary. The producers have have gone too far. There is there is no expense speed, and it's a, it's amazing to think that this is our, our third third time of doing this. Like it's a it's it's we're we kind of working on it all year, aren't we? Like everything we watch is kind of going into the going into the algorithm, going into our sort of into our spreadsheets, and you know, is this going to be the next uh, top ten? And I think what's interesting about it is. There's shows in here that I just weren't even on my radar at the start of the year. And I think that's the exciting thing about it. Like there's obviously these shows that you and I love that, you know, we're, we're multiple seasons in. But there's new stuff that we don't even know about yet that is, is coming our way. It's those undiscovered gems that you find along the way. Like I've got an idea of what I think already five out of the ten will be for me this time next year looking ahead. But there's any, there's any space... For 10, and I always wonder how many, you know, we'll have on the, the list that's the same, and if we do, where they'll place within that 10. Indeed. So last year, we both went with the same runner-up for number two, which was The Mandalorian Season 2, and we had the same number one, which was Season 5 of Better Call Saul. None of, sorry, neither of those shows have, you know, they haven't released a season last year so we will definitely have some new shows up at the top a couple of points worth noting Dan. obviously we've only had one episode of the book of boba fett that aired last year and that was on the 29th of december so we won't you know we haven't seen enough of that to be in the top 10 we'll talk about that uh next week's podcast um and i don't know about you but some of my shows from the 2020 list Dan. They didn't feature, they didn't make season. So there was no Picard season two this year. There was no Discovery season four out in New Zealand this year. And there's also shows that I've really thought would be in the list, but I never got around to seeing, like Foundation, uh, like Dopesick. Uh, any shows on your list from last year that you don't think will be returning because they just didn't air last year or any points of interest on yours? Um, it's funny because when I was sort of going through my list, I had to actually double check to be like, is this a show that, like, did I just watch it in 2021 or did it air 
Like did it or like because some of them actually eat like you know yeah. a, a good show for me for an example of that would be like years on years which actually came out in 2019 like a fantastic show that we watched this year that we raved about it on the pod yeah um but it, it only just arrived in New Zealand and so you've really got to do a bit of a bit of fact checking um I can't think of any for your question off the top of my head but I I'm sure there is some. It's, there's a lot of work goes into the stand. You're right, because I years and years was another one for me that also was I'm like, oh, that's not this year. So the other thing for me, Dan, is I'm allowing myself for the first time ever to choose comedies because I've I've always worried that if I was to choose comedies in my top ten, that that would that would be the end of the list for me because I always find the enjoyment of a top of sorry of, of, of a comedy always feels somehow higher than say a a show about a a missing child that the parents are in turmoil and the police are trying to, you know, it's, but I, you know, I don't know why there's all these rules there and I don't remember who made the rule, but since it's my list, I'm guessing it was probably me. I'm sick of the rules. I'll choose what I like. Anyone who knows you, Paul, knows that you have a, a very strict code of conduct that, <laughs> that, that, you know, <laughs> that you live your life by. And if there's no comedies, there's no comedies, but you know, every now and again, well, Life isn't as normal as it used to be. So if you want to break the rules, you do what you have to do. I appreciate that, Dan. That said, I'm not a maniac, so I didn't allow myself to include the European Football Championships, which was perhaps the most enjoyable TV I've watched in 30 years. Just like last year, I didn't allow myself to include uh, CNN's coverage of the US election, which I think I watched 18 hours a day and thoroughly enjoyed. There's got to be some limits. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so let's crack in. If we have a show that's, you know, on one of our lists that the other person mentions, we'll just sort of talk about it as we cover it off at the same time. Okie dokie. Here we go, Dan. What have you got for number 10? All right, number 10. I'm going to come in hot with uh, Squid Game. So this is the the Netflix TV show. Huge worldwide success. Uh, came out in September, I believe. So this is the... A Korean TV show where hundreds of cash-strapped players accept a strange invitation to compete in children's games. And if you haven't seen Squid Games, highly recommended. It was a a real surprise hit for me. Um, I wasn't, you know, aware of this, you know, being in development. It just kind of appeared on Netflix for me. Put a hype around it, and then sort of jumped on that train and. Uh, there was definitely, it was a show I just had a lot of fun with. I think a show they did something different with, uh, a show that was sort of really further enhanced by, uh, I guess, being uh, in the Korean genre. It was just a, a really good and different show. And, you know, there's already talk of season two. There's a whole bunch of, uh, there's uh, quite a big YouTuber, Mr. Beast, who's just actually recreated the Squid Games on on youtube Brilliant. it's got such a huge sort of following around it and uh, i know that it was a really popular uh, costume for for halloween i'm i'm still nervous of them doing a second season because i just don't know how you can sort of you know there, there'll be so much hype and expectation but season one is a is a great bit of television with a great cast great concept thoroughly enjoyed you and I do not compare notes, and yeah, I have to say it's extraordinary that my number ten is Squid Game. It's we're we're in sync, and we'll see how long this lasts. But um, great choice, Dan. I have to say this was this was my one show of 2021 that I have to put my hand up and say that I just literally decided to watch based on nothing, 
other than the hype around the fact that it was I felt like I had to I couldn't handle the FOMO of missing out and I had no idea what to expect and like you it was just such a unique journey it was just it was just that whole can't look away but you have to look away sometimes it was so brutal um it's one of the most unique different tv shows i've seen in actually a few years i would say and right from the very you know that very first game red light green light um not to be confused with the the covid traffic light system here in new zealand there was that instant connection with with the characters with the you know with the um you know the main dude and the, and the old dude you know i've done my research here but um there, there was that instant connection to that 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 they really nailed it um and yeah i didn't expect to be taken in by it so much as i did but um i just yeah each game got more exciting than the last i loved it yeah and it was a, a tv show that really made you think what you would do in that situation like how you might play the game what uh what number you might go for to sort of determine your order how you might sort of build a team and i think it did a really good job of just just putting you outside of your comfort zone and i think it's great to see uh, a korean tv show um get such worldwide success a great shout out to those guys yeah, hundred oh, percent. And do you know what? It's interesting that I was just reflecting on the fact that we both had it at number ten. And I wonder if this show had the potential to place even higher, or at least for me, if because I feel like it had one of the strongest stats to any TV show I saw this year. But the final couple of episodes and the final game in particular just sort of wasn't quite at that same standard. And I wondered. Um, I mean, it was still good enough to make it into my ten, but it could have gone a bit higher if they just finished a bit stronger with that last game maybe yeah look and i think that's the same as what we talked about in our review of this one it it was a it came in it hit you out of the gate um but it did sort of drag on a little bit for me in the last few episodes Mm. and i think it could have either done with being maybe a episode or two shorter or a slightly sort of shorter episodes just to kind of keep it keep it as tight and as focused in the tail end as it was in the front 100% 100% agree. All right, so that's my number 10 as well. So Dan, it's back to you again for number nine. Crikey. All right, number nine for me, I'm going to go with Black Summer. So this is the uh, zombie TV show on Netflix that I've also, I'm, I'm always banging on about this one. So uh, Black Summer, uh, pretty uh, different zombie show compared to what we're, if you're a, a a long-term listener of the Half Measures podcast, you know we've got a lot to say about the the Walking Dead universe. These uh, zombies, let's call them, uh, you know, they're fast-moving, they're terrifying. This is a, a TV show that, for me, really encapsulated me on the in the first season, and I I constantly felt kind of anxious and stressed and out of breath while watching it. And season two continued that for me. Um, I actually think season two is even stronger than season one. Yeah like great cast you never know who's gonna live or die i think they did a a fantastic job in season two of sort of almost giving it a bit of a a tarantino-esque storytelling uh component because it kind of you'd you'd often sort of start an episode picking up the story from a slightly different angle or a slightly different point in the time um in the time zone and it would just sort of it would stitch it all together for you at the very end in a in a well-crafted movie i guess with tv 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 show but you know movie concept and i just i really enjoy this i want to watch more black summer it's such a a fresh take 
uh, on everything happening in the the zombie space right now that I, I can't get enough. Bring on season three. Yeah, I, I can't wait for season three. This one's not on my list, but I did thoroughly enjoy this. And like you say, season two was so strong. I think that whole winter edge that they had gave it a different a different vibe. Uh, the way in which the stories were happening and you could see things happening in the background that you weren't sure what they were, but then the, the story would flick across and you were watching that as the main action. And then what you were watching previously was in, in the background. That was, as you say, that sort of Tarantino style, Pulp Fiction style was very 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 well done and yeah the the intensity of those zombies the speed the power the relentless chasing just i remember watching one episode and i think it was something like a constant seven minute of just being chased and the guy didn't even stop and it didn't even seem like the camera broke it's it's a forget about it being even just a zombie series just even that in itself was from a production point so so good and like you know, when I think about The Walking Dead, like I feel like I'd probably have a pretty good chance of surviving in that universe for a while. Black Summer, I, I'm dead on the first day. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm out of breath on my first attack because you know this is the type of show which is constantly sort of pushing. So you might escape one uh, zombie and then there's another one right on your tail, and they are just unforgiving, and it's 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 terrifying. It, it really is. And we've talked before about how cool it would be to see The Walking Dead with these zombies in it to see, you know, how long people would have lasted. So um, great choice, Dan. Great choice. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's number nine for me. What is your number nine, Paul? My number nine is season one of Starstruck. Um, so you might recall me talking about this one a few months ago. This is a um, an HBO Max uh, series about a... New Zealand millennial in, in London, um, juggling a couple of jobs. And then she winds up in an awkward morning after the night before, um, in bed with a film star, like a, a massive UK film star. And I just, I love this from the very first episode. I think I said at the time that you'll know just within episode one, if it's for you or not, it's, and it's only six episodes for the, the first season. It's such a great find. It is the funniest uh, romantic comedy TV series I think I've ever seen I, I think there's that, that sort of hint of uh, Notting Hill mixed in with the New Zealand humour which works doubly well for her in a foreign city you know, in London and yeah and Rose Matafeo as the as the lead just a standout because not only is she the lead she she wrote this as well um, just extraordinary and I had a great time watching this one this, I, I don't know why, because when you talked about this TV show the first time, um, you, you know, you raved and raved about it, and I and I thought, I've got to add this to my list. And you talking about it again, I was like, why haven't I watched this yet? Like, this feels right up my alley. Uh, it seems like a fantastic uh, length, fantastic um, Kiwi actress. I made it back into the list. The only thing I'd say now is if, if you've waited this long, there's, a, you know, with season two already underway, um you know, it could be the perfect lead-in to time it if you were going to time it with season two. And uh, I do rave and I do overhype things. It's one of the things I do really, really well. Um, but this one I do think is is worth the rave. I, she's just got that authentic comedy about her that is very natural. It's very likable. It's a it's a good balance of, you know, because you know, sometimes rom-coms can go down the cliche path. This one doesn't. And, and I don't want to say this for the next sort of eight shows, but... It, 
it is the quality of the writing that that really works for me so roll on season two this one's available in new zealand on tvnz and it's on hbo max in the states nice one paul what do you got for number eight all right, number eight is a TV show I just talked about uh, on, I think it was episode 93 of the podcast. Uh, this is The White Lotus. So this is a TV show you can watch on uh, Neon here in New Zealand. And so this is basically where it's set on a tropical resort and it follows the exploits of various guests and employees over the span of a week. And this was a bit of a surprise hit for me, the show. Again, pretty short, it only six episodes, but fell completely in love with the whole cast, the whole storyline. I loved how everyone's lives interwined I loved how messed up all the characters were and how they were doing they did such a great job of making these characters resonate with you on so many different levels and I I think it is a, a TV show where it's got a little bit of something for everyone in here and I'm pretty excited to see that they are working on a season two with one of the cast members um carrying on and then I, I imagine a whole new cast so the White Lotus if you haven't watched this one I highly recommend you giving it a whirl it's a great show. I, I remember when you talked about it last year, I thought at the time I've got to get that on my list and I, and I haven't as yet over the, the Christmas break, but it is sitting there. It's that simplicity of the plot that is so appealing, the the reaction to the characters and everything I've heard from everyone about this so far has been been top quality. And I remember the discussion we had about you know, how it's 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 not out and out comedy, it's that drama with that, that hint of comedy. So um this is a great show. And now that it's made your 10, I wondered at the time when you talked about it, would it make your 10? And here it is. That's that's the seal. That's sealed the deal for me. And this is a great example of a show, like no, no awareness of it, just kind of obviously appears on a streaming service, um, recommended to me by someone in the office, actually. And all of a sudden, it's so good that it makes it into the top 10. That's a, I think that's big kudos to a TV show that yeah. you can sort of crack into that. Yeah, indeed it is. It's, it's a, another one of those, you know, undiscovered gems well it's discovered now it's a discovered gem indeed Un- uncut gems maybe uncut that's what i'm going for um what is the next one for you paul next one for me dan is season two of star trek lower decks this is the first animated series i've ever had in a in a top 10 you know and i've i, I used to do these top 10s even before we had a podcast i've been doing this a, a wee while this is my first rodeo and I feel for an animated show to take a, a place in the list ahead of some live action shows, it really has to be impressive. And that's that's exactly what this second season of Lower Decks is. Season one, it was good. It established the characters. But season two, as a show within the confines of what that universe is, is as strong as any other Star Trek season I've watched. And I've watched, you know, every season of star trek since since the since the very first one in the 60s so um so yeah so that's that's where it is it's it's a show that anyone can enjoy even if you don't know star trek but it is also littered with layers and layers of star trek themes and species and quotes and easter eggs that for for a star trek you know a trekkie a trekker whatever you refer to yourself as it's a it's a dream i am almost falling off my chair Paul that you've got a not only a comedy but an animated tv show in your top 10 like I think ladies and gentlemen if you don't know Paul like and if you've been listening all this time 
Like this, this is big. This is really big that it, it makes to the top ten with those two extra traits as a as a special thing. We should probably start this podcast with a warning: you know, make sure you're seated and not driving mm-hmm. because this is quite shocking. But you know, New Year, New Me. Honestly, I actually anyone who pays close attention to the episode when I reviewed this, I actually said to you at the time. This is going to be in my top 10. I knew at that point it was just, I enjoyed it so much. I was laughing so much and it was resonating so much. And then, of course, I had that wonderful moment where I got to, to talk to one of the actors on the show as well and it just sealed the deal. It was just such a great experience. I liken it to um, the the Family Guy episodes they did that were specifically Star Wars themed. You know, they had the Blue Harvest, something, something, that, you know, that, that little series and how much people love those. But rather than parodying what's you know what star wars was this 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 is canon in its own right and i'm still getting my head around that but the voice cast are great they bring back characters from uh three different trek series and movies with the original actors so there's there's all that sort of stuff to love um and yeah in a year where there's been no other star trek to watch this was a massive hit for me so star trek lower decks available on amazon prime currently that is a, a good chapel and i think you know i watched season one of lower decks and i had a great time and my star trek knowledge is very minimal obviously compared to yours so and I, so i imagine i'd probably have a great time with season two so there's probably something in there for everyone dan we're up to number seven Right, number seven for me is I'm going with season seven of Bosch. I love it. It's not love it? it's not in my list and it was the top cut. It was the last one to be cut and it's killing me and I'm so glad it's in your list. Um, I'm so surprised. I really thought we were going to get back in sync on this. So um, Bosch is a long-running police procedural TV show. Uh, you can watch it in New Zealand on Amazon Prime. And it's just like Bosch has been a real sort of journey for me. And I, I really enjoyed the season seven as the, the final season of this TV show. And they just did like, I think they did a really good job of sort of bringing these characters stories to a bit of a close and also opening doors for future kind of spin-offs. And I think something that I really enjoyed a lot about season seven was they just turned up the the pace and the action just yep. a notch. Yep. And they turned it up enough to kind of be like, yeah, Bosch. And it kind of it got me excited about Bosch in a way that I wouldn't normally like because Bosch as a cop is a like he's a grizzled um employee of the of the city he's seen it all he doesn't take any crap from anyone and he you know he works around the around the book rather than following the book like you know he wouldn't worry about putting a comedy in his top 10 like Bosch does what he does he'd he'd probably just have a top 20 and that'd be the way it is in fact Bosch wouldn't even have a top 20 he's doesn't care about tv he cares about jazz his vinyl collection yeah he's all about that jazz vinyl um this is a great show Dan you've already got me questioning my list because this was such a strong series and it was such a strong season to finish on and you're so right about just turning up the volume because one of the things I love about this show is how it, it it paces things deliberately it isn't overly loud and then when it does go big it goes big and you take note and that's that's the that's the appeal the Titus Welliver character I'm so glad that he and a couple of the other cast will be back in this this spin-off because 
there's there's still so many Bosch stories to tell. It is a superb series. It is a superb final season. The direction they go with a couple of the characters. There's some some big moments. Um, it is oh, it's top tier. I'm delighted it's in your list. And it's um, it's I feel like this is kind of a bit of a, this is maybe a bit of an extreme um reach but it's i feel like it's probably a little bit of a dying genre because mm. everything is kind of like big but uh like big budget big action we've got to keep people interested we've got to keep the story moving whereas this series of sort of um i guess cop storytelling feels like it's straight out of the the late 90s early 2000s um and it's it's just you just don't really see as much stuff like this anymore no you're you're 100 right Although one show we both watched last year that didn't keep the story moving was The Will Beyond, and that didn't pan out so well in the end. But this is an example of when you don't necessarily have to have big action and ramping things up all the time. It's a great series. If you haven't watched it, I can just I can only imagine how great it would be Dan to sit down and watch seven seasons of Bosch in like a you know over the over a period of like a month or two. That would be fantastic. Look, just imagine you've just arrived on Earth. It's your first time. You jump onto the Half Measures podcast and you've got, you know, almost 20 recommendations. Incredible. That is that is exactly what an alien would do if they arrived in this country, um, on, the, on this planet. My number seven, Dan, uh, is season two of Modern Love. And I actually just reviewed this one uh, very recently. Um, but this one isn't here just because of recency, because sometimes I think, oh, you know, is it just because I've watched it lately? But this is genuinely top tier for me. We have, um, we've got like a, a, what do you call it? A Slack channel at my work, um, which is like recommended TV shows. And this was one of only two shows that I added into that list, which I think also speaks to it being, you know, and, and, and both seasons are top, top tier. And so, you know, movies wise, you know, we've talked about how much we both love a true story. Modern Love is as close to a, a true story that I have in my top 10 uh, TV series because of the way in which it, it plays out. So each, each, this is, this is Amazon Prime and each week, each, no, each, each, each uh, episode is based on this, this weekly column in the, in the New York Times called Modern Love. Um, and, and yeah, each, each episode adapts a different story that features in that column. It's 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 a great watch. It really is. Your your list is blowing my mind, Paul. It's blowing my mind. I would not have picked this um, as one of your your top ten, but that's obviously again speaks to the the quality of the TV show. It's got such an all star cast, isn't it? You know, yeah. obviously Anne Hathaway, Tina Fey, Dev Patel, Julia Garner. The list goes on, and. You can't imagine, you know, all of those great actors and actresses coming together, obviously pulling some magic out. That's the thing. And and because you get a different, you know, actor and actress each episode, because it's a different story, um, there's so many, you know, there's, who else have we got? Uh, Minnie Driver, Kit Harrington. There's, there is a heap of great stars and some up and coming actors and actresses as well. It's the really well-written it's and, and the thing is it's not you know because i thought oh is it just going to be a happy ending every time um but it's not it's um it's not always that fairy tale sometimes it can actually be really sad it's some real tearjerker because it's a whole roller coaster of you know the fun and challenges that a relationship can bring and um the thing is if they continue to cast this well 
which you know Amazon Prime has the money to do, right? I think I feel like this show actually has the potential to run for several seasons because the writing is already pretty much done in itself in terms of the the letters that, that these these love letters that have been written in, and you can't just like we we talked about with true stories in movies. There's something about you just can't write something as 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 true as a true story. There's something so unique about that. The, it's just it's it's an extraordinary watch, and I yeah again. If it's in my tent, obviously I 100% recommend it, but it's it's one that is a nice little palate cleanser as well. Very good. Amazon Prime, another great one to check out. Number six, Dan. Number six for me is uh, Mia of Easttown. So uh, this is basically about a, a detective in a small Pennsylvania town who investigates a local murder while trying to keep her life from falling apart. This, for me, was a... Kate Winslet in a whole new way that we'd never seen her before as a hard grizzled uh, detective from a small town who's been through it all dealing with sort of the the, the community um, a murder that sort of shocks the whole town and it's one of those stories which I think takes you on a real journey where every episode you think I know I know who did it I know who did it and every episode you kind of learn a little bit more you get a whole fresh take on um who the who the killer might be and I just absolutely love this show and it was originally pitched as a as a limited series and I think it was perfect for that because I the acting was so strong the characters were so strong mm. seven episodes felt really perfect for it and as I was saying we, we haven't seen Kate Winslet well I haven't seen her in, in a role like this before and it, it just brought together something magical and if you haven't seen this one this is a, another highly recommended to watch this is also on my list then this one actually placed at number four on my list so just a couple of places up for me. That's that's how much I enjoyed it too. I, I was fairly sure that we would cross paths on this one. It's it's a really strong show. It's a real emotional drain of a watch, but in the right way. There's a there's kind of that broad church vibe to it. That's you know always a good thing. It kind of when I look at everything on my list this year, Homeland was always there every year for me, and it's kind of that tension that tension of home that it's got this is the void this is filled by this show for me it's um and like you said kate winslet it's she's just fantastic in this and she's not someone i ever really you know went out of my way to go and watch a movie and she's always been good but it's so intense it's so sad and as a parent of young kids you know when we watched the movie uh, last year lion we talked about you know it's just so hard to watch it and this was i was just shaking my head the whole time thinking i shouldn't be watching this but it's it's a it's an amazing ride this is a um a really stupid comment but there was always room on uh that floating door for jack as well in titanic and you know i've, I've you know it's always been hard to forgive kate for for that but you know she's made a comeback for me now um and you know we haven't really seen a lot from her like she's obviously been doing stuff but this i feel like was a real like hey don't forget i'm kate winston i'm, I'm i've got the chops and i can do some good stuff yeah and she had a great rapport uh, in this in this show, particularly I thought with her her mother, played by um, 
Jean, Jean Smart, I thought that that back and forth between the two of them was absolutely great. The younger actors and actresses came through was, um, was, was, was really, really good. Um, I, I remember saying when we reviewed it that there was moments when I just thought everything that could go wrong did go wrong and it was just, were they going to go too far? But in the end, I don't think they did. I thought they got the balance just right. And I'm presuming this is a mini series, Dan. I don't, I don't necessarily know that there's a second season coming, is there? Well, well, there, there's talk of it because there's been such a, a love for this TV show, mm. and they've, I, from what I understand, they've gone away to sort of think about is there more stories to tell, uh, particularly from this town. Again, though, I, I, some things it's actually nice that we just kind of bookend it and say this is a story and it's done, and rather than trying to sort of like you know, have another murder that happens and find out more about the like, like, yes, it would be great to see more, but this was so powerful in its own right. I am reluctantly almost would prefer us to leave it there. Yeah, no, agreed. I um, I just was flicking through the photos and, of course, Guy Pearce was in this as well. He was great in this too. This this is one of those shows that, um, depending on your uh, disposition for this type of subject matter, I, I just think it's... Um, it's one of the probably on my list the most powerful show of 2021 for me and it's it's worth it just on that basis alone what is next on your list paul uh next on my list is season one of creamery uh so this is a show that we both watched uh you know probably about six months ago i guess and anyone who hasn't seen it this is uh this is a new zealand show set in the future where the male population you know worldwide have been wiped out by this pandemic and then it focuses on these three female dairy farmers in new zealand who stumble across the last living male and for me it was a real highlight of the year it was genuinely it's the best New Zealand comedy TV show I've seen in a long time. And as I was culling my list, you know, we talked about it last year, culling that top 10 down and down and down. This was a show that refused to budge despite some big name shows from the US, from the UK. And so alongside Starstruck, it was great to have a second Kiwi show in the 10. And this is officially my highest place at number six, Creamery season one. That is a great shout. Uh, this is a fantastic Kiwi show, and I just absolutely adore and love the the cast and creators of this show. And I'm I'm so excited that they're they're working on a second season. Yeah, it's oh, I can't wait for a second season. I um, I haven't laughed as much other than I would say Flight of the Concords is the the only other New Zealand comedy that's got me. That's how highly I rate this one, and and the core of it is those, as you said, the cast, those three farmers, um, the quirks they have. There's something so palpable about the New Zealand quirks and the New Zealand humour that even though we're surrounded by it day in, day out, it's not until I'm sort of seeing it on my screen that I actually realise how funny it is and that I actually sort of notice it properly. And all three of these lead actresses are uh, Kiwis of Asian descent, as is the writer-director uh, Roseanne Liang and they've been working together for a number of years and I actually think it's that closeness that they've they've bonded and I think I talked about this before they 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 have a, a camaraderie and a, a very natural chemistry on screen that just that just works so well and um yeah it's 
hopefully hopefully season two is not far away i know season one has just aired in the states um i feel like it could be worth a, a rewatch. there's only six episodes and they're only like 20 minutes so it would be real easy just to w- wrap it up beforehand but um yeah it's 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 a little bit risky you know they're all real straight up no filter kiwis it's um it's great i had a great time and it's available here on tvnz good shout Number all right five. we're we're halfway through paul yeah, we are. Uh, not not too many crossovers so far, just a couple. Number five for me uh, is season three of Mister In Between. So Mister In Between is a a show that I'm pretty sure has featured in all of my list to date. And so we had the this is only a three season TV show, so this was the final TV show, and this is actually an Australian TV show, and. Again, if you've listened to the pod for a long time, you would have definitely heard me bang on about this one. But Mr. Inbetween, um, who is, is basically a, a character who's he's a he's a father, he's an ex-husband, he's a boyfriend, he's a best friend to someone, and he's trying to juggle his life, but he's also a kind of a criminal for hire. And often that means on on the harder end of criminal for hire, in terms of like you gotta get dead body to get rid of. Ray will take care of it. You've got a, a body in your backyard, Ray will take care of it. You've got someone who owes you money, Ray will take care of it. And he's just doing this while deli- well, sort of delicately managing um, his shared custody with his daughter and you know making sure his friends are okay. And I love this TV show so much. I love this character so much. And it's weird because... Scott Ryan, who plays, who plays Ray, he, he does such a fantastic job. And it's... When I look at the stills for this and I look at the artwork, none of it looks like it's really going to kind of work for me. And it just works so perfectly. There's, this is a almost a, a dark comedy at times, uh, but it's just as much a thriller. And season three was a, a fantastic conclusion to this TV show. And it is a, a TV show that I'll happily sit down and watch all three seasons again in the future at some point. This is a show that is consistently in your list, Dan, and every time you bring it up and every time I bring it up on my screen, just like when you looked earlier at Starstruck and we're asking yourself that question, I'm looking at it now, it's got a real Breaking Bad vibe about it. There's a real, um, it looks high quality, those photos, the cast, there's only 26 episodes. Where, where am I watching this one? Uh, so you can watch it on Neon, but... Oh, yeah. I think one of the things that quite often happens with this show is they'll put on season two and three, or then they'll just have three on for a while. And so there must be some contractual rights around where it sits. Um, so I'm not sure if at the moment you can watch all three of these, but this is a oh, yeah. um, an FX or Hulu TV, Hulu TV show. So you might find it on one of our other streaming platforms. Cool. And yeah, Scott Ryan, he just, he just has a great look about him. He looks like, even in real life, his personality would be awesome fun. He's like, do you know, like if you're in a situation where like he's the, he's the type of guy that like if, if you got cut off in traffic, he's the type of guy that would get out of the car and go and talk to the, the people at the traffic lights. And, Brilliant. you know, like he's just he's such a hard man. And but he's also got this kind of like heart of gold. And this is something so endearing about it all. And it's it's honestly, I would have watched another five seasons of this show. I loved it so much. And the fact that it's Australian kind of has like a little bit of a added extra charm to it for me. So like it's just if you haven't seen Mr. In Between and you've got access to it somewhere, get into it. 
I love that we've had two Kiwi shows. We've had an Australian show. We've yet to have a UK show. Um, let's see how we go as the list carries on. Um, that is a hundred percent been added to my list. Then number five for me, and I wonder if this figures on your list or not, is season four of Yellowstone. So this this is a show that you and I have raved on about uh, across all f- all three of the first seasons. And for me, this this fourth season, uh, I felt like it did enough to get back into the list again. Has it, has it made your list this year, Dan? It is, but it's a little bit further up, and I don't I don't want to say the position to it in, but it is in my list. Great. Okay. So, yeah. For me, I, obviously this was a much shorter season, and I do wonder if there had been more episodes if I would have placed it higher. I don't know. But this is a show that is – the quality of it guarantees it at least a top five position. It, it possibly didn't quite do enough for me during sort of the, the middle section. It just sort of moved along a bit slower, but it had a, a really strong finish. And every time we see this show um, – you know, there there's times when we come together on a podcast and we talk about weekly drops of things like the world beyond or whatever, and it can be a bit of a, a drag, but Yellowstone, we can't wait to get amongst it. Costner is at the top of his game. The supporting cast are all phenomenal. The the writing, the production, the just everything about it, the feel, the the texture of this Montana lifestyle and everything about it just you know you've said as, as soon as the borders open you you just want to go probably move to Montana am I right? That is very very true. This is a TV show where I just love every single moment of it. I love it when it's fast paced. I love it when it's slow paced. I love the big panning um, views of the countryside. I love it when someone's trout fishing in the river. Like everything about it just speaks to me. And I still remember um, last year sort of looking at now, I mean, like I should give this Yellowstone TV show a go, yep. knowing literally nothing about it apart from that, you know, Kevin Costner was in it. It's speaked that he'd, he's probably in the pilot and then he'll be gone. And just being, I don't think I've ever been so hooked and enamored with a TV show as I have with Yellowstone. Like it's just, it, it just speaks to me on so many different levels. And I think it's the, it's the, it's the Western elements. It's the, I, I love the, the quiet badassery of the whole TV show. And every character on there is a badass. Like they're, they're, they're cowboy through and through. And it's awesome. It is right down to everyone in the bunkhouse. I mean, I I love a, a good Western. Um, I don't know that many modern day Westerns. And this just sets a standard that is uh, it's just so hard to match. And even the, we talked about this a while ago about some of the the, the the smaller the, you know the characters that aren't quite up there with the Duttons the the Jimmies just every story every story that's in motion is is has got your attention so some shows you might have an A story or a B story or even a C or D and maybe some of them aren't quite as entire every single story in the show when it flicks from one sorry one storyline to the next is just as attention grabbing and it's again it's just wonderfully directed um, like you those shots that they have the way kevin costner just will will look at someone and not say something rip one of the greatest characters of all time there's so much to love and 
I was absolutely certain that we'd have season four in our list. So once again, we're in sync. It's good. Very good. Shall I take us on over to number four on my list? Indeed. So I'm going with season four of The Handmaid's Tale uh, for number four for me. So Handmaid's Tale has been a, a show that we've very much enjoyed here on the Half Mishes podcast. Season four definitely had a few ups and downs, but for me overall, the movement of the storyline in season four was absolutely incredible. And we've really been on a, a journey with June um, and sort of seen her character growth and seen how much anger she has in her heart. And I think season four has set us up for what I imagine is going to be a epic season five um, with some of the the reckoning that needs to happen with some of these characters. And I, I, I just had so much fun. And I think the which is a, a weird word to use with a show like Handmaid's Tale because it's, you know, we, we've had a dark few years, as you know, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And and the show sort of further sort of echoes some of the some of that sentiment. But I think the bit that really sealed it for me is when, uh, I think it was, uh, God, I can't think of her name, June was talking to the girl with the, who's lost an eye. I forget her name. Oh, I know the one you mean. I can't think of her name I, and there's some joke about um, Red Leader, oh, Janine. Janine, Janine, there she Janine, is, yep. Janine, Red Leader standing by. And it just confirmed for me that, you know, as dark as this world is, Star Wars exists in their universe. And I, I love that joke. And look, I just think Elizabeth Moss has done an amazing job. Even the, you know, as horrible as they are, the, the Waterfords are mm. such great characters. Uh, Lydia, Aunt Lydia, great character. Like, there's, there's so much to love about this. You've just got to watch it when you're in the, the right right place, the right mindset. But, yeah, number four for me. That is a great show. This was the second show that I really hoped you had because it was the second one which didn't quite make it, and I loved it too. You, what you've said is so true. The storyline that they went with for this fourth season, they changed things up a bit. The whole story with June um, on the run, the whole, you know, remember when she was on the boat, that was so, so intense. The Waterfords being, you know, Fred being captured and on trial. And then, of course, the end, the demise, the the lengths of which Serena would go to just to, to you know, just to be on the winning side, she is the snake of the show, and I, I and yet when you sort of think about her, some of her reasoning, you you I don't want to say it, but you almost find yourself understanding, and it's it's extraordinary to say that in the show. But Aunt Lydia, she is another one of those top ten TV characters of all time for me. I just can't get enough. Of just her voice and out as Aunt Lydia is just a delight. The look and feel, it is. It is a great show. And what you've said about it setting out season five, they've put this show in a really great place. And I really hope we get more of the Gilead response because there are a lot of loose ends that still need to be tied up. This was a really enjoyable one. And, and there's a reason why we did, you know, the the weekly reviews. It's, it's, it's so good. And so I guess uh, your number four was Mira Vista, wasn't it? Correct. It was indeed. So we're into our top three, Dan. What have you got for number three? All right, Paul, season three, Cobra Kai. It's another show I cannot get enough of. I 
my this my love for this show is up there with Yellowstone, but it's got a slightly different um, take. Oh, I've just I've just had so much fun with this, and I think I've been a, a lifelong Karate Kid movie fan. And seeing this TV show, I'm just so glad they brought it to Netflix because if it had just stayed on YouTube, it, the world wouldn't have had the joy that is Cobra Kai. The soundtrack, the over-the-top fight scenes, the well-choreographed fight scenes, the great 80s throwbacks, the feud between uh, Johnny and Daniel. This show is absolutely incredible. Um, and what's even better is we're, we've now got season season four. And, and five. Yeah, the, five. And, you know, so four just came out on New Year's Day, which, um, you know, I'll, I'll be talking about that on the, on the podcast soon. So... And yeah, and, and five's already in the works. So it's great that we've got more of it. This is another TV show that I can just see myself watching, like, you know, every couple of years because I just, like, it's got such a feel good element to it. And there's so many, there's so many things I just enjoy about it. Just kind of, it just all clicks for me. It's quite a bright, colorful TV show. It's a, it's a great, um, Saturday afternoon couch watch on a rainy day. It really is bright and colourful. I was just looking at it and looking at the other stuff on my list, and it just stands out for that alone. This we're back in sync, Dan. This is on my list, and this is also number three on my list. So we're hundred percent on this one. This is a show that I literally never expected to watch, much less enjoy. And here it is, three seasons in, and it's number three on my list for the whole year. And this is very much. Uh, uh, down to well, there was a, a rewatch of the Cobra, of the Karate Kid movies going on in this house, which led to this. And you were talking about it so much that in the end, I just thought I've got to get amongst it, and it was the right decision. It's number three. I I feel like this just goes from strength to strength, and so this third season from last year was possibly the best yet. And it's you know it's that modern day setting, but they never lose sight of the eighties and and those roots and. It's, you know, it's funny because despite so much of this being about teenagers and, and a high school drama, it just works. And it's, I would say this is the greatest TV show to spawn from a 1980s movie series. I, I, I'd like to see that challenge, but that's, that's, that's my claim here. And Johnny Lawrence in, you know, in this setting, in his later years, he's a thousand times better than he was in the eighties. Um, the way he's grown, the way he is written, the way um, William Zabka plays him, he has so many outstanding lines, which you just you shouldn't be saying in this modern day and age. It's brilliant. I absolutely love it. It's so good, isn't it? Like, and I, I can't wait to talk about the the new season of this TV show because there's so many more great great laughs and things that have happened, and it's. I don't know what it is. Like I find myself like when when I first watched this, I almost I was like a a Cobra Kai, um, like a some sort of religious zealot trying to get as many people as possible to watch Cobra Kai because I just loved it so much, and I wanted people to to share in the joy. And look, I feel like like I'm not saying I'm solely responsible, but uh, you know I've probably added one percent of viewers to the show you 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 have at least i mean you and i know some people in wellington city who who said to me a couple times if dan talks about cobra kai one more time i'm gonna go insane like you were literally a walking advert for the show and rightly so there is for season three i was just thinking specifically about season three because of course i've watched all three this year but season three is what the 2021 
series was and there was there was some great moments in this season there was those throwback episodes the one with johnny's old um cobra kai mates that show up and they go on that road trip they brought back ali you know and then watching johnny and daniel around her was just amazing but i still keep going back to johnny lawrence and him discovering the internet and discovering facebook and calling um um uh hashtags <laughs> hash brains just just little things the setup for season four so at the end of season this season you know it's been so good and i can't wait to talk about it with you next week when we we start delving into it but you know with with johnny turning up with his students to 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 daniel's dojo and they're both going to combine to take on cobra kai it is a joy to watch it and I can't wait to get into this fourth season. Good shout. I'm, I'm, you've, you've really, again, you've knocked me off my chair. I didn't think it would feature this high in your list. That's incredible. You're a true convert. Number two, Dan. All right. Number two for me is I am going with season two of the Apple TV show C. So this is S E E. Um, so this is the TV show I've kind of been I've kind of been banging on a, a bit about this year. I only just discovered it in um, 2021, but it originally started in 2019. And this is the TV show, sort of set a couple of hundred years in the future. Everyone's born blind, and the the concept of this show is just so mind bending to me that people are living and and darkness and surviving and having tribal warfare and you know season two uh like i said in uh, the podcast a few probably about what, four or five podcasts ago is it, they've really just like you can tell the budget's been increased the ante's been increased like we've gone from kind of warring tribes in the forest to big full-blown cities we've got you know the cast list is ever increasing we've got dave batista in there as well now like this is this is a, a fantastic TV show. It's just a, a whole new concept. And, you know, Jason Momoa as Bubba Voss, such a a standout uh, moment for him, I think, as, a, as an actor. Like, he's really, you know, doing something uh, doing something wonderful. And I think this, this show has just been a, a pleasure and a delight to watch. I was just thinking back to when you, you reviewed this one back in episode 92, and I remember thinking at that time, this is going to be in the top 10, but number two, number two gets my attention, Dan. That's, that's, I think I said at the time, why am I not amongst this? And 17 episodes feels like an easy watch. The The quality of the, just even just looking at the the trailer play on my screen now and the, the photo gallery, the casts, the, that dystopian future, but with the, the loss of the sense of sight, that just brings a whole new element that I haven't seen before. No pun intended. Honestly, I I think this is you know like Mister In Between. This you could have done enough now, Dan. You you know you've harped on. You know how we like to harp on. You've harped on enough now. I think you. I think this is uh, this is going to have to be on the list. This is great, great show. You ready to drink the Kool Aid? So yeah, that's look. It's and it's on Apple TV. Um, and you know Apple TV's really obviously clearly throwing some good money behind these um kind of original developments for their streaming network, and it's another one i just encourage people to check out like it's a little bit different like you know it's definitely not going to be a show for everyone but for me 
I just I love a big sort of the universe that's been created and trying to sort of understand the the sort of society and, and how it all works is, is really fascinating. And the action scenes are second to none, mm. particularly Jason Momoa's scenes. Um, you know, you would think a couple of blind people fighting wouldn't be that clever, but it is absolutely insane. Brilliant. So number two for you, Paul. Well, number two for me, Dan, is also an Apple TV series. It's Ted Lasso season two, one of the best finds for me this year, without a shadow of doubt. And watching both seasons back to back, this this second season, this 2021 second season, takes the show to the next level. It is. And I know I've talked a lot about comedies in my list, but this is so much more than a comedy show. It's it's that emotional journey that you go on. And, you know, I'm just delighted because given that Apple TV only became available for Android people a few months ago, I could have easily missed out on this. And now I can't imagine, you know, being in, you know, going into this year and not being on the, the Ted Lasso hype train. Um, I remember saying to you, at the time I, I came into the, you know, I came into the show because of the football and because you'd harped on about it. And, you know, that was, that was enough to sort of pique my interest, but it's, 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 football is fun and that, and that was good. And, you know, I get a lot of the jokes about the Premier League and stuff, but it, it isn't the real goal. The real goal, as I said in my review is Ted Lasso. He is just sensational. I love everything about him and, there are a lot of shows this year that are coming out, but I place this in my top three that I'm looking forward to the most. I think um, Ted Lasso is almost enough of a reason to get Apple TV on its own. And there is so many other great shows on Apple TV, like we just mentioned, C, um, For All Mankind, The Morning Show, which I haven't even got into yet, but I hear great things about that. So, look, I'm, I know a lot of people that like Ted Lasso who – are not sports fans at all, purely yeah. for what you've just been saying. It's such a a feel-good, um, character-driven TV show, and, and the the football, soccer, um, does play just a bit of a a, a backfiddle to sort of the, the main the main premise of the show. I just want to get that in there, Paul, just to Unlike, rattle the you know, we, we like to keep this podcast, you know, where we can, you know, not explicit so we can have as many lyrics listeners as possible but for you to swear that and use the s word is quite extraordinary but you're right what you said you're not a football fan and even with my dislike for what's happened with the premier league recently it doesn't matter this is a show that is not focused on the sport it wouldn't matter what ted was doing i would i would i would be there and um and you know i've noticed as i've looked at my 10 shows i've picked this year and a lot of them have had sort of a love story at the heart of them and that's the case with this one this second season is an emotional watch despite all the loss i i, I don't classify it as it's, it's not out of that comedy per se at all the characters so many roy kent coach beard um i can't think of his name there the guy who's like wears the glasses he's the office guy i can't think of his name but he this. oh nathan no, he's the kick guy. Um, Higgins. Higgins. Oh, Higgins. Yeah, oh, Higgins. Just, right. just so, so good. But Ted, he's just, he's, I like to think of myself as being like this upbeat, glass half full kind of person. But his blind optimism and his positivity, he's got such a good attitude 
about everything. He doesn't, he takes an interest in people. He appreciates them. He doesn't judge. He's the most likable TV personality bar none. I think we can all take a leaf out of Ted Lasso's book when it comes to life, I think. Yeah, 100%. So my number two, Ted Lasso season two. All right. Number one for me, we've already discussed it, is Yellowstone season four. So um, yeah, look, nothing more to be said about this TV show apart from it's absolutely amazing. Um, Scatter my ashes in Montana, Paul, let me be one with the land. We look forward to that later this year. I was just thinking, um, <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, I wonder what he's got for number one. I was going through my head thinking, could it be this? Could it be that? I've forgotten it. Of course, we'd already talked about it. So, look, great show. Yellowstone season four, superb television. For me, despite some fierce competition, the show that takes out the top spot for me is... World Beyond. <laughs> you've guessed it. Season two of The World Beyond. Honestly, Dan, despite all the... <laughs> it is season two of For All Mankind, which, Dan, means as much as it irks me to say it, it is a one-two finish for Apple TV for me this year, which is extraordinary. This one... This is so for anyone who doesn't know, this is the the alternate history where the Soviet Union lands on the moon first. And so the, basically the show is about how NASA and the USA as a government, as a country, respond. And this for me, this show deserves top spot, no questions. I, I talked about uh, season one back in podcast ninety, so not that long ago. And I said at the time it was the best I'd watched this year, but yeah, that was 2019. And then season two comes along this year, sorry, last year, 2021. And for me, it just goes from strength to strength. And it, it moves forward in time from season one by a, a good decade. And so the story, the stakes, the action all right, sort of, you know, they, 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 they all push that up a little bit. But despite that, the pace of this show, uh, and honestly, if any listeners decide to watch it, honestly, it may not be your cup of tea because it is slow build up and it is quite deliberate. And that is something that I love. And I've, we talked about it earlier with Bosch, you know, when the action ramps up, you really take note. It's kind of like that. It's, um, it's, it's a very quiet show, but then when it gets going, it's, it really gets going. And of course the visuals are movie quality. So you've got this sort of, movie quality space action going on and i just can't resist it that's a great shout paul because i remember at the time you saying i'm going to try and hold season two for as long as i can i'm going to try and sort of you know save it for a rainy day and you you know you lasted eight episodes (laughs) of the podcast i I didn't last long at all did i know it's um it just ticks so many boxes for me it's that it's that journey of space exploration that differs to what we have today simply because Neil Armstrong wasn't first there. And, you know, as I've mentioned previously, Ronald D. Moore at the helm, one of Star Trek's greatest ever writers, the creator of the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. I mean, I guess I was always going to like it. And I love, it's, it's a great cast. And I love the fact we've got a New Zealander as top billing, um, Michael Dorman, who plays um, Gordo um, alongside uh, Joel Killerman uh, and Sarah Jones is, it is exceptional TV. It really speaks to me. As I say, it may not be for everyone, but um, it's it's just I don't know. It's like if you've if you've ever thought about what we could we have done more 
in terms of our space travel journey from from landing on the moon to today this this paints that picture because the americans they lost that space race and so they're, they're more determined than ever to to make amends and so it's just great and there's there's so many little subtle things that i've talked about before in my reviews like how um john lennon survives his assassination attempt and how the pope got killed and like even just little things like the wrath of khan came out in 1983 instead of 1982 they just they just play with history just a little bit and it all just speaks to me it's just great i love that the wrath of khan came out in 1983 instead of 82 that's it's, it's such a deep cut yeah there's a lot of listeners now going okay if this is a setting point for the show i'm out but honestly it's it's just they just do little things with with the history we know and yet they do massive things from a space perspective I, what I imagine, Paul, is I don't know if you've seen um, the TikTok or the meme and it's got Leonardo DiCaprio and he's like, <laughs> and he's like points at the TV. I feel like that's you when they're like, oh, Rathacan 1983. Like, it. it's, it's, I did actually have to Google it, see if anyone, and of course there's, there's heaps of posts. Everyone noticed it because, of course, that's the type of people that Star Trek fans are. So, yeah, I um, uh, season three is on its way. I really hope that this show continues to jump time um so this 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 series you know it starts in the 60s the season two starts in the 80s and finishes up in the 90s i would love it if they did another jump of 10 years because if they could bring the technology forward and then it goes into that future space that would be really interesting as well there's um i feel like there's a few more seasons in this show that could could really tell a a really interesting story it's um it's one to get amongst but be warned it's a slow it's a slow burn interesting we are considering watching that in our house but um we always talk about the pork and our warning that comes with it slow burn is it going to be for us but uh look if that features at number one on your list i'm sure we're gonna to have to give it a crack i love that you had a couple of things on your list that i didn't that were what were going to be honorable mentions for me so i have a whole list of honorable mentions and the top two were bosch and handmaid's tale so i love that you cover those off. Was there anything that you had as a didn't quite cut it, but nearly made it? Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple. Like I've sort of got half a dozen um, honourable mentions here, and in no particular order, but ones that I did consider putting on the list. Um, so the first one was Clarice, uh, which yes. came out this year. The great the um, Silence of the Lamb sort of continuation of Agent Starling's story. That was like I really enjoyed that. Uh, but kind of disappointed that we sort of got cancelled after that. Mm. The duel, which we talked about, the the submarine mm-hmm. drama, that was that was quite good. And um, there's a few to you. Oh, actually, before I go into those ones, and um, Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Like I, you know, we went on a bit of a journey with that animated TV show, but ultimately ended up kind of loving where it was heading. Um, Dexter: New Blood is another show I've been enjoying, but just not didn't quite make the list for me. But then there's there's TV shows that. Out, and I haven't had a chance to even start watching them yet. So uh, the Wheel of Time series that Amazon Prime's just put out, the Marvel Hawkeye uh, TV show, Midnight Mass, and there's there's actually a ton of other superhero films like the uh, WandaVision yes. or um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I just, like, so, they were so great and so so unique, but just couldn't quite make it into the, the top ten for me. There's only space for 10, and if you're not on the list, you're not on the list. There was there was a couple more for me as well. One of them was the first season of Bridgerton, 
which again was exceptional for me. Uh, I also had The Bad Batch noted as a second animated show I really enjoyed. And the other one I had was Line of Duty season six, which I know the ending was a controversial splitter for audiences. But if you were to forget about that last 20 minutes, that whole season six, I thought was uh, a really great season. So um, yeah, what a great top 10 list. What a great year of television. It's almost like it's it's all over so quickly, isn't it? Like before we know it, we'll be a, another year, uh, another year on, and there'll be another top ten list. But um, I would love to hear what some of our listeners have as their top ten, see how they compare to us. Hundred percent. I was just going to say exactly that. Do get in touch and let us know what makes your list because, you know, you and I have watched dozens of shows this year, and these are the shows that make it into the top ten. Um, it's it's harder than you think. You think, oh yeah, I could do a top ten, but when you have to start making, you know, you have to start culling things. Like I was convinced, for example, I was convinced One Division was in your top 10 because I know how much you spoke about that each week and I enjoyed it. And so for that to be cut, it speaks to the 10 that make it, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's so hard, isn't it? And I think what I often find through this process is as we start talking, these TV shows I've almost completely forgotten about, like, oh, God, that's TV show, that should have been in the list. Yeah. And it's like you're trying to sort of quickly run the numbers in your mind. Can I shift these around and stuff? Well, it's been good to have these last couple of episodes doing something a little bit different, but I have to admit I am chomping at the bit to talk to you about the book of Boba Fett um, as well as some other things. Um, so we'll get back into our normal routine with episode 99 next week. This is the way. So special shout out as always to our Patreon producers, Samara King, Trisha Brady, Diana Kanawa and Linda Tavner. We appreciate everything you do for us. If you would like to become a patron of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next time, everyone, adios.